welcome to the People's Poetry Podcast with me, Jimmy Bowman. Hello, and welcome to episode three of People's Poetry Podcast. My name is Jimmy Bowman, and it's my absolute pleasure to have you here along with me. Why poetry? Well, as an aspiring poet myself, I wanted to find out just what it was about poetry that made it still so very special, even in the instantly disposable Tinder generation of today. I'll be travelling the UK to talk to established poets, as well as those taking their first steps into the world of poetry to talk about their work, experiences, and to attempt to answer why poetry. This is a podcast aimed at you at home, whether you're an avid fan of poetry or perhaps someone who's never really had an interest in it before. Poetry is for everyone. We all write poems every day. Our lives lend the poetic hand. Poetry isn't elitist and exclusive. It's inclusive. This is poetry for the people and you're all invited. This episode took me all the way to Nottingham and it was lovely. I got to chat to the very talented Ravel Sardé. Ravel's main body of work can be found on Instagram online. That is how I discovered her through her poem My Words. It was just too irresistible not to contact her and talk about it. She has a way with words that's not only thought-provoking but externally beautiful and I had to see this for myself. We talk about mental health, the power of poetry as a creative force to help combat mental health, her mental health workshops and her poetry. Right, I'm joined by Ravel Sade at an event for the it's the Nottingham Poetry Festival, that's right, called Chapter and Verse. It's been great, I've really enjoyed myself. It's the first time I've seen you, thank you for doing this. No, not a problem. Like It's nice that you've come all the way down from London to interview me. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Lots to get excited about in your set. I, I thought there were some, some great poets you did there. You've only been doing this for just over a year. How... How have you found it, finding your voice? That's quite a short time, but you wouldn't have known that watching you. Um, I found it very empowering. I think that um, to validate yourself and to kind of get on stage and realise how many people come to you maybe afterwards and kind of say that that helped them or like you're in my head kind of thing. So I think it's been good to kind of get out there and champion mental health because I think it's a big part of everyone's everyday life at the moment. I was going to say, mental, mental help is very much your focus, isn't it? Why, I mean, obviously it's a, what's the word? It's a very, yeah, no, not a buzzword, but it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to talk about. It's a, worth, it's a worthy cause is what I'm saying. But why, why is it mental health that you, you sort of focus the majority of your work on? Basically, I suffered with anxiety and depression for a good 14, 15 years of my life from when I was quite young. So I guess it goes back into the validating your own voice. I think when I was a child at the time, it's kind of like, what have you got to be sad about? What are the issues that you've got? Like, you're a child kind of thing. So I think that for me as well, it, with mental health, I think that it entwines into everyone's daily lives. I think now with social media coming about and kind of people hiding stuff, and I think in England anyway, I think we're quite repressed. And we don't really, we're not comfortable speaking about our feelings and stuff like that. So I think... I'm very much aware that there are genuine like mental health conditions that people get diagnosed with and stuff like that. But I think as well, to me, mental health is just the health of your mentality without being able, I guess, functioning in society without harming anybody else or yourself. And I think there are so many ways that we do kind of harm other people and stuff, but subtle ways, it's not something that's really it's not something that's really looked at as a bad thing or something like that, but I think that 
with children and stuff growing up, it kind of gets intertwined, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, social media and there was a poem, I don't know the name of the poem, that you did that I heard for the first time today. I thought that really struck a chord. I mean, there, there's more and more awareness about mental health now, but do you think social media exacerbates it? Do you think there's a direct link? To, is, that, is that what that poem was about? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, it's easy to put your best foot forward, and I think that that can also be a prison for yourself sometimes because you're making this facade of a person that you're kind of not. So then you have to then live up to that person that you've put out there. And if that's not really who you are, because I don't really see a lot of people putting bad stuff on social media or what they're struggling with. It's always like the picture-perfect angles and stuff like that. So I think even being yourself, especially with the filters, there's a lot of people that take selfies and stuff with filters on and then they look at their own face and they're just like, this is not what I want it to be. So I think it is genuinely perpetuating um, perfection really and it's not really realistic. I think your poetry really articulates that well as well. It, it, is, it is really powerful. Um, I suppose poetry is the stark opposite to the social media and that facade, isn't it? Because that is you being yourself, very natural, very raw. Talking about that you sort of mental health, do you believe writing really has sort of having that creative outlet sort of combats mental health issues is that something you you strive to a message you strive to push yeah definitely i think that it's important to speak about mental health and to kind of champion i think that when people see you speaking your truth it gives that it validates their, them as well because i think that one of the biggest issues is that everyone kind of are the real selves at home, but then they don't step out and be that person. So I think, for me, it's about giving people that opportunity to say, well, actually, this does go on. And, and I think that the more truthful I am, I think it has a bigger impact on other people because they can relate to that truth, whether they speak about it or not. So, yeah. And you've spoken, you've spoken uh, to a lot of people about this. I mean, BBC Radio Nottingham, he was on. That must have been a, an experience for a poet who's only been going sort of just over a year. That's, that's amazing. How was that? It was very nerve-wracking. I think that, um, yeah, to, I guess for people to find value in my words because at the end of the day, I'm only speaking my truth. So to get people to like actually be interested in, and invite me to places like that, it's very mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah. But I think that one of the things that I'm trying to master is that depression, anxiety doesn't have to hold you back. So I think that I'm very much the feel the, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway kind of person. So even though I did feel shaky and like if like I was just like proper <laughs> kind of like punched down in the chair and stuff at first, but I think that um, the way that I feel isn't really isn't necessarily the truth of what is. Like there's an acronym for fear which is false evidence appearing real. And I think that now I'm aware of that, I can still go into a situation feeling anxious, but still know that I'm okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think as, as anxious as I was about it, I got through it. And I think so. I think it was, yeah, genuinely a good experience that now I can look back on and think, you did that. Yeah. And yeah, that, that generally just builds your confidence, your self-esteem a lot more. So yeah, I found it a really worthwhile experience. I saw it on Instagram and you come across really well. Um, you was talking there about anxieties and you said to me, did I bring any of my poetry? And I, I said, no, I, I'm a bottle job. I didn't. Um, but, and I read the story about how you were approached at your first gig and you just sort of bit the bullet and did it, which in itself is really commendable. But I suppose what I want to ask is what, what was your 
calling. So when did you first start putting pen to paper? Can you talk to us about that process? Because there'll be a lot of people listening that sort of want to, perhaps, but haven't. Um, I enjoyed writing and stuff in school and whatnot, but I think it wasn't something that I took seriously. I think then schools can kind of push you to do something that earns money and all of this stuff, so I kind of shied away from it a bit. Um, my grandma passed away last year in January and I was going through my whole, my own journey and stuff and I knew that it was something that was too big for me to not address, if that makes sense. So I knew that I needed an outlet, so that's why I started, I literally put pen to paper a year ago as well and I think it was a week later that she invited me on stage, so I think as well, it was easier for me because I didn't sit at home and go, I'm going to go and perform today, I'm going to go and perform. It was kind of like on a whim. Yeah. Um, so I found that I was quite lucky in that sense because a lot of people do get quite nervous about it. Um, but yeah. Well, that in itself, that story is testament to this idea that the writing process does sort of heal and, and can conquer things, sort of mental health issues or grief. Doing that yourself, you've, you've, you're proof of that. Thank you. Uh, I think it's it's great to see the process because I think for me, without knowing it, there's poems that I wrote right at the start of my journey, which I can look back on now and go, or three months later and go, wow, I'm not there anymore. So I think for me, it documented my journey and showing that I've actually made improvements. Mm. Um, I also think that it's good because when I am feeling a certain way, I can look back on it and see it broken down in words. So it's a kind of easier way to describe what I'm going through, if that makes sense. Like to relate back to myself yeah. sometimes um, and yeah I find that it's very just the catharsis of being able to get, get it down there's a poem that I have called Misunderstood Energy and I got triggered and I felt really negative and naturally sometimes you go to those behaviours drinking al alcohol doing all of this stuff and instead I just sat down and I wrote and by the end of writing the poem I think naturally my, my heart had like my heart rate had reduced and all that stuff and I felt able to control it so like that was for me poetry in action that was that it helps me to actually cope with being triggered at the time and showed me because I wrote about everything that I wanted to do and then as well I could see how destructive it was on the page if that makes sense yeah. so it stopped me from actually going and doing that stuff so yeah I find it really helpful to be able to offlet my feelings I guess yeah, yeah. The, the poem that I saw online that you know, prompted me to email you was uh, my words. Yeah. Can for anyone who's not heard it, could you talk briefly about that for a bit? Because I, I think that's a brilliant poem. Uh, the food, my words. I've got words and my. Yeah, not the not, not the one you opened with. The one you did later on in your set. My words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Words was great as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, yeah. So with w uh, my words, I felt like it was important because there were so many people that come up to me and kind of say, "I've once I've got something to say, or I do want to write, but." I feel like I can't structure it in the right way or I can't do this with it or whatever it is. And I think that it's really important because I never stepped into the situation with a way of going about it. I just expressed how I felt on paper. So I think it, that it was important for me to send the message to other people. You don't have to come perfect. You don't have to have your pronunciations right or do you know what I mean? Or have a wide vocabulary to be able to write down what you feel and validate your own voice. So, yeah. I've been talking to a lot of poets as well about people that are off put by poetry because they think it's kind of elitist and I think that poem sort of fitted into that idea that no, that's, that's rubbish. Definitely, 
because I think that there is a big stigma around. I know that when I came out up with poetry, obviously being black and coming from that, ba- um, that background, it's kind of like there aren't a lot of successful black poets or as many as there are like white black po- uh, white poets. So I think that um, it is genuinely, even when I started doing poetry, I was just like, I didn't accept the title poet for about three or four months because I was just like, that's not what I am. And I guess I still had all of these stigmas attached to it. Um, and then when I realised that literally poetry is just you speaking about your words and, and something coming natural from who you are, I felt more comfortable with it. And also I think it's really important not to try and copy someone else or someone else's style because the only stamp you can put on poetry is you um, and it being very natural to you. So, yeah. It's a lovely breakdown. Uh, quickly talk about the NHS. You've done a lot of work for the NHS something I feel passionate about, clearly you do. Do you think the NHS is in danger these days, particularly? Is that is that why you sort of include them in events you do? Um, I think it's for the fact of, personally for me, it's the the NHS. So to actually go to an event and, and know that my words are valued by people, by professionals in that room that may, may have gone to university and studied for all these years and know that I can still add value um, helps me and my confidence, my self-esteem a lot. But I also think that, yeah, that I think that the NHS is quite top-down mm. and I think it's nice to then have a platform for it to go, like, bottom-up. So, like, I feel like it, to have a voice and to know that you're impacting people or for the, someone to say, oh, well, actually, there is a need there because we're not looking at that. Do you know what I mean? And, and actually have a personal experience. Um, I find it very important, I would say. When you write your poems, talk a bit about the writing process. Because you're, you've only been going a year, are you someone who finds it very easy to get it straight onto the page or do you go through a lot of editing? I think that I have maybe been quite bad in the fact that I just get it onto the page. At first, when I started writing, I didn't really come out and share a lot of my poems because I felt like, well, that's only taken me 10 minutes. It must not be a very good poem. <laughs> like, it's, it, that was too easy um, to some degree. So then I think I overlooked a lot of my poetry um, because it just came naturally to me. But I do feel like I'm also, I write a lot of short poems rather than longer ones. And for the longer ones, sometimes I'll have a structure. So I'll maybe say, what do I want to talk about in this? Or what do I want to touch on? And then structure, structure it from there, from those core ideas. So, yeah. It's refreshing to hear because I do the same thing. It's like <laughs> it comes out in ten minutes. You think, no, that that's going to be garbage. It's ten minutes. You also spoke on stage tonight about how sometimes when you're writing, you then start writing another poem within that poem. Yeah. That's also does that happen quite a lot? Because I think that's something that happens, but people don't speak about. So it's nice to hear someone speak about that. Um, yes, I think that um, for me, I like to go off the energy of something. So I feel like the. The one that I was speaking about today was the children's one, and I was writing lots of poems for my, for my daughter, and it just came from nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but I guess sometimes when I'm writing, it kind of triggers something else that I really want to speak about or something else that I think this is really important. So I think that sometimes I will do two poems on the same to- topic but from different angles and stuff like that, and it's just because I've got 
inspiration to write another one but what I want to speak about doesn't fit into the original poem I'm writing and that kind of leads me to split into two really I would say. What was the name of that poem uh, about your daughter because that was fantastic it sort of spoke about school and the treadmill image that was great. Yeah, uh, it's called Ray of Light that one is yeah. Uh, a question I'm asking everyone that comes on the podcast why do you think it is as a nation we turn to poetry in times of need so funerals weddings occasions like that what is it about poetry that makes us turn to it I think it's the realness within it I think that it's people speaking about truth um, and if you can make it rhyme (laughs) I think that that's what makes it a lot more popular because it's not just someone ranting on for half an hour but it's like a, a way to put to make a stamp on it to make it feel human but at the same time to have a bit of structure to it I would say um so yeah I think it's also I think that as well to get as I say get things out on paper and to know that people can relate so when you're listening to a poem you could take something out of that and go oh I relate to that or I understand that but at the same time it's not someone just getting on stage and going this is my life story and this yeah. is, and then you've got to relate it like I say the fact that it's in a nice organised way I guess makes people feel safer because they're not having to kind of interact with you or speak and go yeah I've been through that too they can just listen from afar and still take something from it I would say or as you said before this you go home and two days later something clicks as well yeah Yeah. Uh, right where can we find your poetry I mean what's what's next for you have you got anything you're working towards any sort of pamphlets when are we going to see a collection or is it just going to be online for a bit poetry wasn't I didn't write poetry for the sake of writing poetry it was more to get a message across to people so what I want to do in future is actually um, give mental health workshops and stuff like that and to kind of educate people and give them that emotional education so I think poetry will have a part to play in that and how it's cathartic and stuff like that but I think for me it's more about trying to educate people I guess about their emotions but um, if you did want to find any of my poems, I am on Instagram at RS Poetic Perception. Um, I've got my Facebook profile as well, um, which is Ravel Chardé Poetic Perception. A lot of people do ask me about YouTube and stuff like that, but I think it's important as well. Sometimes I find that speaking about mental health, then because people see these successful things, they just assume that you're fine. And I think for me, balancing my daughter with poetry yeah. and my own mental health. Yeah. So I'm trying to do it in a way that it's not overbearing and I feel like it's too much. I'm just trying to take my time, really, I guess. I love the idea of workshops. You had your, should briefly mention, you had your first one. Was it your first one the other day? Yeah, first one, yeah. I ran a workshop um, with Jesse Freeman and it was... Um, I loved the fact that people turned up, first of all. Um, but I think, it for me, it was about, again, very much giving them that emotional education and using prompts to get them to kind of think deeper and write deeper and be honest with themselves. Um, And I think it went really well. We got really good feedback from it. Uh, And yeah, I think that the resources and me and Jesse bounced well off each other and um, people found it really insightful. So that was really motivating, I would say. Well, thank you for taking the time out to chat to us. If you are in the Nottingham area, please do come and check out Ravel if she's playing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so there we have it. It was lovely to finally meet Ravel and be able to have that conversation with her. Chapter and Verse as a little event in Nottingham was brilliant as well. Shout out to those guys. 
real community feel to that poetry evening as part of the Nottingham Poetry Festival. Lots of people came down from Leeds as well. It was really nice, very inclusive. I enjoyed myself, so thank you for letting us have the chat after your event. Now, I know normally our poetry recital comes from a different poet, but as many of you may not be aware of Ravel's work, and it really must be heard, we are going to play the very poem that got me interested in her work, the poem that made me contact her, called My Words. I think it's utterly brilliant. Hear it for yourself. My words may not conform to your norm, may not follow a particular form, they may not transform a morning into a beautiful break of dawn, but when I perform, my words are nothing but eloquent, it's evident that I don't need to use prose or haikus to speak my truth. So excuse me, if I don't pronounce my words properly, it's the knots in me. These words are knots in me. Waiting to be detangled, it's important that we hold the candle to lead the way to dismantle the system in which we've become entangled, making us examples. Showing how docile we can really be by teaching us that we need degrees to really see. There's a war and we're still in slavery, because you can't think a thought accurately if you don't have the right vocabulary. Pass laws so we couldn't read, now we concede to teach our seeds that it isn't cool to read, which means it isn't cool to talk. Don't share uneducated thoughts because you may just break down doors that were unknown to you before. You may just be the diamond in the dirt that discovers its worth and starts to polish itself. And now you know exactly why I was so into Ravel's work. What a poem. The power of words. Very important. And I feel embodies poetry amazingly. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. A massive thank you to Ravel Sade for taking the time to chat to me and for allowing us to play your work. She also gave me copies of the poems, which I will treasure forever. Thank you very much for those. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment over on our Instagram at People's Poetry Podcast, over on Twitter, people underscore poetry, or you can email us, People's Poetry Podcast at helpmail.com. If you'd like to get involved or be featured as a poet, whether that's the poetry recital or to sit down and have a chat about your work, again, please do email us. We are all always looking for new poetic talent. All that leaves me to say is thank you very much for listening. I've been Jimmy Bowman.